Last week, I began just kind of like a two-week mini-series on the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And we talked about love, joy, and peace last week. Love, joy, and peace. And I broke it down into the, the Greek meaning of the word because I believe that we as the English-American church have misdefined some of these words. We've misdefined love. We've tried to allow culture to set what agape love really means. It's not a, hey, I love you, you cute kind of thing. It's a, I will give all for you kind of love. I will sacrifice. And we've discovered last week as we were talking that a lot of times that love is not present in the church. We don't see agape love from the believers for the lost person. We do not see agape love for our brother and sister in Christ that's next to us to say, no, you know what? You need someone right now? I will sacrifice my me time to come be there for you because I love you. We've not seen that functioning in the church, but we are on a journey here at Journey Church to see all of these things functioning in us. We talked about joy and what that means, that it's a state of being and not necessarily an emotional reaction. That's called happiness. When certain things around you can change your mood, that's an emotion, that's happiness. Joy is a state of being. You can stay, you can be full of joy and, and be upset at something. Okay? You can, that, that, that can happen in your life or not be happy particularly that day, but you can be full of joy knowing that I'm in right standing with the Lord. So no matter what comes, I'm good. I'm good and I know He's going to take care of me. Then we talked about peace. I read Isaiah 26.3 to you last week. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I want to talk about this one thing before I dive into these next fruits because sometimes I'll preach something and I'll go home and I'll rethink through my message or I'll watch it back on YouTube to make sure I'm, I'm being the best communicator that I can to be able to communicate the word of God. I, I don't take it lightly. And I just, I, I blew past Keeping our mind on Jesus. Keeping our mind focused on Him. And I, I had this conversation with one of our journey groups this week, and I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Listen, to keep your mind on Jesus is not to walk around going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hey, what do you want for lunch? I don't know. Jesus is on my mind. Stop distracting me. i got to keep my mind on Him so I can have peace today. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Mom, what am I wearing to school? I don't know. I got Jesus on my mind. Leave me alone. Jesus, 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 Jesus. That is not keeping your mind on Jesus. That's not keeping your mind on Jesus. What does that mean then, Pastor? What it means, according to that last part of the scripture, because you tr we trust in him, it means that we are always aware that he is with us. Our mind is so fixed on the fact that no matter where I am, He is with me. No matter what, if I'm, in a, if I'm in a valley, He is with me. My mind is fixed on Him. If I'm in the midst of a storm, my mind is not fixed on the storm, it is fixed on Him. You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That if I'm on the mountain, my mind is stayed at the place that He is with me. If I'm in a boat that's being tossed to and fro, I know that my mind is not on the circumstances around me. It is stayed on the fact that the one that speaks to the storms is in my boat. My mind is stayed on him. Therefore, I am kept in perfect peace. I do not have to worry or sweat. Come what may, Jesus is with me. My mind is stayed on him. So if you want to know how to keep your mind stayed on him, when you go through something, you need to come to realization that he is with you. 
Keep your mind stayed on him. I think a lot of times we'll read something like that and go, that's impossible. I can't keep my mind stayed on him at all times. Yes, you've got things that you need to do. You've got to think for work. You've got to think. Some of you got to think for all your kids. You've got to think for other, other people sometimes. I get that your mind is, 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 is going, but the, when it comes down to the end of the day, when you're going through things, are you aware that he is always near and that he is always close? And that is where you will get that scripture that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Man. So this week, let's talk about a couple of these patches. If you'll turn to Galatians 5, I'm going to read the scripture to you again before we dive into uh, these next couple of words today. Galatians chapter 5. Read it last week. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. Galatians chapter number five. Everybody good this morning? Yeah? yeah? All right. The other 70%, you'll get there. You'll be there. I'm telling y'all, man. Listen, when you speak to the same group of people every week, you know when people are on and when they're off. You can tell when they're giving you certain looks that it's like, mmm. It's okay. Trust in Jesus. <laughs> like, it's all right, man. We allow circumstances and situations to affect our relationship with someone that is so steadfast. He's so consistent. He's so consistent, man. And it's like we're preaching these messages. We're, we're getting up here and we're going into the quiet place. And the Lord's going, your people need to hear this. They really need to hear this. And if you would just take it and, and apply half of it, you wouldn't need to be stirred up or warmed up each week. You can, you can live in that place. You can live in that state of being. You don't, you don't have to allow the things around you to, to stir. But we put so much pressure on things that are passing away. They're passing away. The opinion of man passes away. The opinion of this world passes away. The clothes I put on my body go to goodwill and pass away. Or the veterans. I don't know. Some of you didn't want to say amen because you don't go to Goodwill. Whatever. Those things pass away and we get so worried about it. So stressed about it. And we just, we got to realize that we trust in someone that is constant. He is constant. The only thing that changes is our position. Our position. And we're responsible for our position. Galatians 5, 16 through 22. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger... Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. Lord, we love you. Pray over your word today. I pray that our hearts would be open to receive a word that, God, we would be challenged and stretched 
by your word today and that we will, we will see things shift and change in our lives because of it. We love you and give you the praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen. The first one that we're talking about, we've already done love, joy, peace. Guess what? It's our, all of our favorite topic. Patience. Patience. I wrote in my notes, some of you have already prayed this week that I would not talk about this fruit of the Spirit. That I would just kind of move past patience. <laughs> move past long-suffering. I love that word, long-suffering. That's such a good word, long-suffering. Who wants to sign up for long-suffering? I mean, come on, don't nobody volunteer. Hey, I'll take the long-suffering for 200 please. But this word, makroth umia, okay, I'm sorry, makroth umia, all right, it's M-A-K-R-O, M-A-K-R-O-T-H-Y-M-I-A. That's the Greek word for this patience, long-suffering. M-A-K-R-O-T-H-Y-M-I-A. The reason I slowly go over that, there are times that I will almost teach because I believe that teaching changes us. Preaching at you just makes you feel good. But when you can have things to take home and apply, you can grow from it. These words mean patient, endurance, consistency, steadfastness, perseverance. <laughs> we all need to grow in this particular area in our lives. There is no endurance in our culture anymore. There is no endurance to stick something out. No one really just sticks it out anymore. No one. I, I mean, and some of you can attest to this. My parents were very particular. If you signed up for it, you finished it. I don't care how much you hate it. I don't care how much it wasn't as fun as you thought it was. I don't care how much the coach doesn't like you. You're going to stick it out because I'm teaching you something more than I'm teaching you a life lesson here. That when you get into the world and things get a little hard, you don't walk away and quit. That you're different. The reason we need to be different is because everyone in the world quits. But when they see someone that has such tenacity and long-suffering and perseverance in their life that says, I don't care what it's like, I'm finishing this thing out to the end, they're going to go, what's different about you? Be like, It's because I follow a man named Jesus that was very patient and long-suffering with the task that he had set before him. He gave up his deity to become man, to come to the earth for 33 years and to live and to not pull from that. He didn't pull from, his, from, from being God at all. Then he gets to a place where it's so heavy, he's literally sweating blood at the garden going, Father, remove this cup from me. Most of us would have been like, no, nah, you know what? Here's the cup. You can have it back. And Jesus is being raw and real in a moment where he's allowing long-suffering to come out to show us what it really looks like. No longer, uh, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. It's okay to not really enjoy bearing the cup, but it's still our job to persevere and be patient to the end of it. I'm not just talking about being patient with your little kids. I'm not talking about being patient with the neighbor across the street. I'm talking about being patient with what God has put inside of you. Being patient in the season that you're currently in. Persevering and long-suffering through a dry season. Through a tough time. Can I tell you something about the children of Israel? You know why they had to go through the wilderness? Because that was the hardest way back to Egypt. 
There was an easier way to the promised land. You can, it's literally in there in the book of Exodus. You can read it. There was an easier way to the promised land, but God said, I know my people. And as soon as they see any kind of tough thing, they're going to, and they even did want to go back. The thing that they cried for 400 years to be broken from. God said, I'm sending them through here so they don't go back to what I've already delivered them from. Some of you are in a season because he doesn't want you to return to what you prayed to get out of. So you need to long suffer and persevere through that season and through that thing that's going on in your life because there is a promised land on the other side. Well, why has it got to be dry? Why has it got to be tough? Because it would be easier to go back the other way. I'm looking out for you. I'm not looking out for my agenda. I'm not trying to teach you something and strike you dead and hurt you and be mad at you because you complain. No, I'm trying to tell you it's better for you to go through here. Because you've, you, you don't understand the big picture and you would go right back to the prison I pulled you out of. The thing I delivered you from. There is a promised land waiting on you. You have to go this way. Persevere. Long suffer. Push. Do not quit. Do not stop. Another word used for this particular patience and long suffering is steadfast. Steadfast. That means a firm loyalty and unswerving dedication. Immovable irrefutable, unchangeable, unalterable, and completely, utterly dependable and determined. That is why we talk about the steadfast love of God. It is always the same. It is always immovable, irrefutable, unchangeable. His love does not change for you. His love does not change for you. It does not matter where you have been in life or what you have done. His love remains the same. Does not matter what socioeconomical class you come from. It does not matter what community you come from. It does not matter what color your skin is. All that he knows is he sees a heart of his children and his love is the same across the board. His love is the same and it is immovable and we, we hold to that. That's the type of long suffering and patience that we need to see evident in our lives. That we don't run at the first sight of a problem. We don't run at the first sight of something that we just don't, um, we don't like. You ever gone to a place, you've ever, you ever ate at a place that you just love and you always go back because you know, you use these very words, we're going to get the same thing every time we go. For us, it was Panda Buffet. It's part of the reason why I was able to lose the weight that they closed down. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I mean, we're talking three times a week. No joke. But it was the same every time. You never went and anything was dried out or, you know, some places there's no consistency in it. There's no, and you stick to it because you know it's dependable. You know that when you show up, it's going to be the same thing every single time. That's why we would eat it three days a week because it's going to be good every time we do it. We are to be the same way. In our lives, we are to be so steadfast and dependable that people know that they can come to us because we are patient and long-suffering and we're not going to dip when it gets hard. I go to this brother or sister in Christ because I know they're going to be the same every time. They're going to be a rock that I can link to and that I can come to when I need encouragement. Not, well, last time I came to you, you were like, hoopty hoo ha-ha, yeah, you can do it. And the next time, like, bruh, <laughs> I can't handle this one, I'm out. We are to be steadfast and long-suffering together. We are to be that very way. And here's the, here's the biggest part of this patience one. Y'all ready for this? 
I say this definition for the last before I move to the next one. Slowness in avenging wrongs. Slowness in avenging wrongs. That is what this word means when we read as a fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. You see, we have to come to a place that we long suffer through wrongs, maybe not being brought to the table. We always like, well, so Bonita over here said so-and-so, and she's going to know that she can't say so-and-so to me. Or Bonita did so, so-and-so, so-and-so, and I'm going to let her know, and I'm going to show her. And it's like in this patience and long-suffering, sometimes there are seasons where we just sit and we let the Lord fight that battle. Amen. And we don't go back to him and say, hey, did you forget about this? Did you forget? I need to remind you, hey, Monday morning, God, I told you last Monday I didn't see that she got, uh, she's still getting promoted at the job. Why is she getting promoted and I'm still at my desk? Hey, God, Tuesday morning, I don't know this, but I just saw another promotion. Are you paying attention? That's not patience, long-suffering. That's going, God, you continue to elevate. That's fine. Apparently, you have something for me in this season. But we as, we as flesh, the flesh fights according to the Spirit. We as flesh want to see Bonita burn. We want to see her come down. I don't know who your Bonita is, and I don't know why I'm using that name today. Maybe somebody at work got a Bonita around. <laughs> but I, 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 everybody's snatching her weave out right now in their minds that is not spiritual but that's the way the world works and we cannot function that way we cannot live that way we have to be different we have to long suffer through things. But listen, can I tell y'all something, guys? Who knows what situation Bonita's in? And she needs to see someone that has long-suffering patience. And she look at you and go, why are you so different? I have been so ugly to you for the last 15 years at this job, and I'm getting all the promotions, and I know you probably deserve it, but you haven't said a word. You have just sat back. You've actually celebrated me getting promoted. You have cheered for me. You have, you have done all the things. Why? It's because I live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. There's a man named Jesus that came along and changed everything for me, and now Bonita has a chance to meet Jesus. Why do we do what we do? Because there's always an opportunity for someone to meet Jesus through what we do in our lives. Man. So let's, let's move to kindness, gentleness. Crestates. C-H-R. C-H-R-E-S-T-O-T-E-S. C-H-R-E-S-T-O-T-E-S. Moral goodness, integrity, tolerance towards others, kindness, being kind. This one's tough to find in the church. This one's a really tough one to find in the church. Genuine kindness and gentleness. If someone, if someone, here, here's, and here's, here's why I'm speaking from that. If someone in the church is a little difficult to handle, all gentleness and kindness goes out the window. Yeah. And, and I said, 
I said the tolerance towards others. Just because somebody needs an extra little bit of extra love doesn't mean we should not give them our, our, our gentleness or our kindness. Just because there's a child that, that is coming up in our church and you're serving in the back and they don't know exactly how to act in a classroom setting at church does not mean all kindness and gentleness is gone. Tolerance towards others. These are things that we should see evident in the church. But we see someone that doesn't do it the way I was taught it should be done and we just absolutely go, you're doing it wrong. You have no choice. You have no chance. I'm done with you. I've written you off. I'm out. How is that kindness? How is that gentleness? How is that being like Jesus? That at the very first moment we see something that that, that we don't think is the right way to behave or to act. And I'll tell you, I was one of these people. I was back in the Rangers room on a Wednesday night and the guy leading the class, there was this kid that just acted up the whole time. The whole time. I mean, you couldn't get him to sit down. You couldn't get him to be quiet. You couldn't, I mean, you couldn't even talk to this kid. He's just going nuts. The mom walks to the door Dude walks over, and she's like, hey, how was he tonight? He was like, oh, he was good. And I'm over in my corner going. Good thing you didn't ask me. (laughs) And the mom hugs, and he gives the little kids nucks. They walk off, and I walk up to him, and I say, hey. I said, why didn't you tell that mom how bad that kid was? He's like, he's not always like that. He goes, but also, I was that kid. And I got kicked out of so many things, I didn't even eventually want to go back because somebody was just going to kick me out again. Kindness and gentleness coming from a place to tolerate. Now, does that mean you just tolerate bad behavior? No. Okay, listen with me. Listen with me for a second. But in that moment, I saw genuine kindness and gentleness to someone that might not have deserved it in that moment, but when, when did we ever deserve gentleness or kindness from the Lord? It's so good. It's so good. And we've got to change our mindset to not look at it and filter it through the way we've always done things and the way we've always been taught things. And we've got to tolerate other people. If they're a little difficult, now listen. If you don't think there's anybody difficult in the church, it might be you. (laughs) Let me just help you. It might be you. (laughs) So allow people to love on you. But if, let me, let me, let me teach for a second. (laughs) It's good to be kind to people. It's good to be gentle to people. If you build a relationship with someone, eventually you can only tell them how to get out of the pit they're in so many times. So then kindness and gentleness comes in that I'm going to gently, gently help you out of this place by letting you know all you're doing is swimming in it. And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. And I'm going to be truthful. And if you're that person and someone's doing that with you, if you've gone to them more than twice and nothing has changed and they come with a little bit, it's still kindness. They're still being kind to you. They're tolerating giving you another conversation. But at some point, you got to go, I just got to get out of the pit. I just got to pick myself up and I got to get out of here. Thank you, Lord, for putting somebody in my path that's going to be kind to me and tell me like it really is and let me get out of here. Don't take that offensively. Y'all, you just don't care about my situation. Oh, I do. I'm just tired of losing sleep over it. <laughs> and I love you enough to tell you, get out of it. 
Get out of it. Peter tells us, set aside all anger and malice. We're all over here. Jesus, take away the anger and malice in my heart. Pluck it out of me. And Peter says, set it aside. How many times are we praying for things in our lives that we have the power to just set aside? Back into preaching. But you got to show that genuine kindness. Christians, listen, Christians are the most hostile, vicious people, and they do it all in the name of Jesus. When they said the word is sharper than a two-edged sword, they didn't mean to use it to get your agenda across and cut people with it. That's for the enemy. That's for the enemy. You ain't supposed to turn your sword on your friends and your family and the people around you. Be kind and be gentle. Kind and gentle. That's not how we're supposed to act. Goodness. A-G-A-T-H. A-G-A-T-H. O-S-Y-N-E. Agathosune. Agathosune. It's an upright. It's an uprightness of heart and life. It's to be good. It's to be kind. I believe that this fruit shows up when no one is around. You can put on, because, and, and here's why. It's an uprightness of heart in your life. This goodness thing, you can pretend to be good all day long. But when no one is around, what's really going on? And I love that it said an uprightness of your heart. I can't see your heart, but the Lord can. The Lord sees our heart, and he sees where it's at. That's where this truly comes from. I believe this is something that shows up when no one is around. What does that look like for you? From the depth of the heart, the mouth speak. What things come out of you, not only in your words, but in your actions? Our actions do speak. Our actions do clarify how we feel about something. I can say all day that you do not annoy me, but my face and my body will show you all day long. And Jesus was our example. He was the most perfect person, and he was so good, even when he was by himself. He was spending time with the Father. What is your heart and what is your life and what are the things around you showing you? Again, we've talked about these fruits because it helps us identify whether we're walking according to our flesh or according to our spirit. That we're walking according to these two things. Let's move to the next one. Faithfulness. This one's Pistes. P-I-S-T-I-S. This is a good one. The character of one who can be relied on. The character of one who can be relied on. This is what faithfulness means. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wrote a note in here to tell the visitors that I love you and I'm thankful you came, but I need a moment with my church for just a second. The character of one who can be relied on. It's so funny, the very people that give their word because their name is on it will turn around and be the flightiest people in the church. You will put your name on something in the world and you will make sure that thing happens. But you put your name on it in the church and you're like, that was just a, mm, if I felt like coming today. I'm going to let it sit. I'm going to let it soak. And I'm not going to apologize either. 
Because faithfulness, being a faithful follower of Jesus, is being someone that can be relied on. Being someone that can be relied on. And can I ask you something? Don't ask yourself about this fruit. Go ask somebody else about this fruit in your life. Hey, how faithful do you think I am? How faithful do you see? I have to ask certain questions to people around me because I cannot be a good judge because I will lie to myself. Oh, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. It just seems like every time something comes up, I got something going on. Or I get sick all the time. Or I got this. Or I got that. I got Those are excuses. If I can be relied on, I'm going to make sure if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Well, what does that mean? When I said yes to Jesus, I put his agenda above my agenda. When I said yes to him, I said, you are on the throne of my heart. So I want you know, Lord, to know, Lord, that I will be one that you can rely on. It's not just to the church, ladies and gentlemen. I've tried to help you understand that when you say yes, you are signing up to be faithful to the Lord, not to Journey Church. So if the Lord is the only one that sees me doing something, I'm going to do it faithfully. Because He is the one that will reward me. Yes, it is nice to hear, man, I saw you, you did a great job, and we try to do that here at Journey Church. We try to honor people to the best of our abilities. But if we're trying to be faithful for the, for the voice of someone sitting around us, you're going to quit. You're going to quit. You're going to quit. Are you a faithful person? Ask the people around you. When you feel God stirring you to be a part, you have to realize that, is, that it is to Him. When you, when you feel, a lot of times we'll move on this tugging. Like, man, that sounds great. I'm going to be a part of that. It's going to be so good and it's going to be awesome. And I'm here. And like two months in, it's like, where are they at? Can I tell you, that's not your emotions. That's the Lord calling you to something. Go after it and be faithful to it. Go after it and be faithful to it. Gentleness. Praates, praates, P-R-A-O-T-E-S, P-R-A-O-T-E-S, gentle, mildness, meekness. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really bold when I'm typing these messages because it's just me and the Lord. I said, some of you have no idea what gentleness means. And some of you will say, well, that's just the way I am. I'm not a gentle person. No, that is the way you were. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's just the way I am. I've been that way my whole life. No, when you said yes to Jesus, the word tells us that we took off that old man and we became a new creation in him and now we function. You're functioning, and if you're still functioning in that, you're functioning according to your flesh, not the spirit. Allow the Lord to mold you and grow you into being a person who is gentle, that is meek, that is humble, and to also help you to speak in a nice tone with a nice face. Some of you ladies need to be delivered from your face. <laughs> Told you I get bold when I'm typing these. Some of the fellas are like, I ain't responding to that. <laughs> They'll hit you with that. Oh, yeah. I love you. And I'm like, no, your face don't say you love me. Your face ain't saying nothing nice right now. Your mouth is saying it, but your face is saying something totally different. Fellas, they just, that's why they don't show any emotion. They just like, you can't read me. You can't tell. You don't know. 
I'm jumping for joy on the inside right now. But it is a complete transformation. That's not a shot at anyone. Some of you, when I said that, you knew exactly who I was talking about, that the Lord just got to deliver your face sometimes. He just got to deliver the way your face says it and not your mouth. <laughs> Man, I just kept going like the angry one who's always walking around looking at people. You got this look on your face. And then you walk up and be like, hey, and then you go, hey. <laughs> How's it going? So good to see you. I'm like, your body did not say that two seconds ago. Your body said, if you talk to me, I'm going to punch you and lay you out right here. And I just prayed in the spirit before I said hello that that was not the real you, okay? Lord, please do not let her be the one. Hey, hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then after that, they go, Right back to it. I'm like, my, like, why don't nobody ever come talk to me? Uh, your face says don't come talk to me. <laughs> I don't think your face has told your brain that yet. All right. Move it. We're just real talk, guys. Come on now. <laughs> uh, Self-control. Inkratia. Inkratia. Hope you can come up and start playing the keys right here. E-G-K-R-A-T-E-I-A. E-G-K-R-A-T-E-I-A. The virtue of one whose masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. The one who masters his desires and passions. This is a very difficult one. This self-control is almost an oxymoron sometimes because it isn't self-control, it is surrender that gets us to this place. To get self-control is to not to learn how to control oneself, it's to learn how to surrender the control of yourself to the one that can control self. We have surrendered our lives and desires and passions to the Holy Spirit and He helps mold the things that will follow, that will help keep us on the right path with great fruit growing in us. Self-control, not just sexually or lustfully, but self-control in what you say. Well, I just speak what's on my mind. Sometimes you don't need to say what is on your mind. Surrender your pride and let it go. That's how you have self-control. Some of you have been fighting to let go of something for so long and it's because all you've been trying to do is grab a tighter grip on it and all you've done is grab that thing tighter in your life. You've, you've pulled it in so close and so tight trying to wrestle that thing, it's become part of you. And what the Lord is saying today is to get the control, to get that self-control that you need, you actually have to let go of the control. And you have to surrender and say, it's not mine to conquer, but it is yours, Lord. I speak the name of Jesus. I will be still and know that you are God and that the Lord of hosts is with me. And that the God of Jacob will deliver me. I surrender today to the Lord. You've tried to control it over and over and over and over and it doesn't work. Let me give you a verse that helps. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will. He will. <laughs> and I wrote, isn't that the way of the kingdom sometimes? That's why Jesus like was able to bewilder all these people that were so mentally smart. That it's like, to gain one's self-control is to surrender your own self-control. Does it make sense to our flesh, but according to the Spirit, this is going on. And again, any, any situation in your life that's going on, you've got to let go of the control. You've got to let go of the control. And I want to close with these last two thoughts. Galatians 5, 22 says this. You ready for this? This is my saints in the room. A lot of moving. Hang with me for just a few more moments. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Anybody pick up on what I said? The fruit. The fruit. So my saints in the room... I need you to hear me because I've heard this statement before. I ain't functioning in patience today. I'm functioning in love. I'm not functioning in, um, in self-control today, but I'm functioning in this. No, it is all in one. A follower of Jesus is identified by this one. It's not different things that are planted on us. We should be in all things these things. It is all in one, but we'll so be like, man, patience is so strong in my life and everything else is lacking. But when we trust in God and we come to this place to realize that the fruit of the Spirit, the thing that the, the Spirit produces is all of these things in one in myself so that I can go and I can present the gospel and I can live in such a way. I want to challenge you for a moment. We not only bear this fruit to better our life and experience in the kingdom, but also to show a picture of Jesus to those around us. They should see all of these things functioning in us and go, there's something different about those people. There's something different because anybody can show a little bit of patience. Anybody can show a little bit of love. Anybody can show a little bit of this. But when it's someone that encompasses all of it in one and they are able to show those things to the people around them, they start to ask questions. They start to wonder, why is that person so different? Why is that not happening in my life? And I love the story from John 4. Jesus has gone to the woman at the well and he says, go and call your husband. And she said, <laughs> she said, uh, I don't have a husband. He said, you've answered right. You've had like five and the one you're with now is not even your husband. She was like, skirt, what? <laughs> Brother, you asking me for water. Why are you telling me to go? What are you doing? And she takes what Jesus says to her about the living water that she'll thirst no more. And she runs back into town she shares what Jesus just told her and the people, the Samaritans, came to hear from Jesus. And it got to a point where they make this statement in John chapter 4, verse 42. It said, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Oh, that fruit would be produced in Journey Church so much that people would run to Jesus and be able to look at us and go, it's no longer because of the fruit I saw in you. It's because I've heard and I've experienced the true Jesus and I know that he is real and that fruit is now producing in me. 
That we would be at that place that we let it on display so much that people come running to Jesus. Come flocking to Jesus because there is something so wonderful. When you experience all of these things, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, not according to the world, but what I've explained to you these last two weeks, when you experience that, you can't help but be moved. You can't help but be changed because the world does not do it that way. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. He is so wonderful and precious and good to me. And it is no longer because of the fruit I saw in someone else. It's because I've experienced it for real and I'm producing the same fruit in my life. And I want to, I want to talk real quick to the ones that are struggling in the room. Those that are struggling because this is not the fruit that you've seen produced by followers of Jesus. Let me put quotations there. This is not what you've seen produced in people who say they love Jesus. You've actually seen a totally different picture. I want to say this to you. Jesus isn't religious. He isn't moved by a checklist. He isn't vicious or condemning. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is patience. He is kind. He is good. He is gentle. And he will help you become self-controlled. He is moved by your faith. He is moved by your heart. You are his bride and the apple of his eye. Not what that person said to you or how they treated you or what they depicted to you or what that church did to you. Whatever may have happened in the name of Jesus. You need to know that he is not those things. And you need to come and you need to experience him for yourself in a real way. I, I, I don't want to experience Jesus through another person. I want one-on-one. And that's what Jesus came to do. All through the Old Testament, they experienced God's presence through the priest. And God's like, this is not the way I intended it to. I don't want my people to experience me through someone else. I want them to experience me one-on-one. And he made a price. That picture that someone painted of Jesus wasn't a true depiction, just like the people of John 4 in the town of Samaria. Come and see him and believe from the experience that you have. The one that you have and not the experience that other people have shown you. He is a good father. He is love. And he is doing it for you. And he did it for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed in the room today. Lord, I pray over the people in the room today, God. Those that are watching online, maybe they'll watch on YouTube later. I'm praying, God, that we will be challenged to bear this fruit in our lives. That we won't pick and choose the things that we're going to function in, but that we just walk according to the Spirit and we see those things evident in us. And Lord, I'm praying that as we do that, it will change us. And it will change those around us and that people will begin to see it in us. That we won't just function in them in the church, but it will be evident in, in, the, in the gas station, inside of the grocery store, at a ballpark watching our kids play or whatever we may be doing in our lives. That we're always bearing this fruit. Always bearing this fruit, God. So, Lord, I thank you for that. I pray, Lord, for the people in the room that have had a bad picture painted of who you are. They haven't been shown a true depiction of your love and your grace and your mercy and all they've ever experienced is religion 
They've experienced um, condemnation, judgment, hate, all of these things, God, that they've experienced. I pray, Lord, that you would show them who you truly are today, God, that you would show them that you are so much more, that you love them and you care for them. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in the room today and you say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I've had some pretty nasty pictures painted of Jesus, and it's kind of, it's honestly been the reason I don't go to church. It's honestly the reason I try to keep my distance because I don't, I don't want to play around with religion or I don't want to be judged on certain things in my life, and, and, and you've realized that you've just completely stepped away. And today you say, you know what? I want a relationship with him. I want to experience him in that way. I want to come under his lordship and just live for him and get my experience through him and not through someone else. If that's you in the room today, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand where you're at. There's nobody looking around. This is just between you and the Lord to say, God, I need you to change me. Help me, help me change my view of who you are in my life. So if that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that hand. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Everybody will stand with me today. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. If you're on a pew by yourself, go to a pew where there's somebody with you. I don't want to do this alone today. Those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray just a specific prayer for you, but I want to say this before I let you go. If you want a real picture of who Jesus is, you need to pick the Bible up. You need to start in the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. John's a really good one to start with. And just start with John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was flesh. You, you open this thing up and you begin to read. Now, let me tell you this. This is why journey groups are important. There are going to be things that you have questions about. There are going to be things that you don't understand. The Holy Spirit's going to be a teacher and he's going to help you. But it's really nice to ask somebody, hey, man, I read this this week. Can you help me out? Can you help me understand it? If you need help being plugged in, please come see me. You saw Pastor Jack earlier. You can come by the office and we will get you plugged in with someone to just be able to ask questions and not be judged on, well, why didn't you know what that meant? Why don't you really understand what John 3.16 means? It ain't just a verse we just say all the time. But get your word. Get it open. And see a true painting picture of who Jesus was and how good he really is. And then I want to say this. I don't take the responsibility for it, but I feel like some of you need to hear, I'm sorry. Sorry for the picture that was painted wrong to you by a human because Jesus is too good. He's too wonderful. And I want to encourage you, there will be times you will see things in church that does not look like Jesus. We work really hard to make sure that doesn't happen. But when that happens, you go to him and talk about it. 
You go to that person that you're leaning on and being confident in and talk to them about it. But just know this, Jesus is so good. And he loves you so much and he saw you where you were. He's been with you. He's watched over you. And he's brought you to this moment to change your life and show you a good father. Someone that's not waiting at the door to just go, well, let me give you the list of things that you did wrong. You need to fix these before I receive it. He wipes it clean today and changes your life forever. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're in the room and you raised your hand, I just want you to ask the Lord simply this. Lord, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry that I've looked at you through the lens of someone else, but today that changes. Today that changes in me, God, and I will not look at you through the eyes of another human. I will look at you through the eyes of the Word of God and through your Spirit. Lord, I pray right now, Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I pray, God, that you will transform our minds today, that we will see you in the new light. I pray for those in the room that have been with you. God, there are creatures around you 24-7, eyes all over you, discovering new things. Continue to show us new things about you, Lord. Continue to stir our hearts, Lord God, as we continue to dive into the depths of who you are. And we just love you today. And thank you, Lord, that people today said, I want to give my life to look to the Lord Jesus. And that you're bringing them from death into life. Lord, we love you so much. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And it's in your wonderful, precious name that we pray these things. Everyone said, amen and amen and amen. Amen.